Welcome to the 2021 AAUC podcast series on building our collective American dream. Hi, this is Dr. S.K. Lowe, President of Asian American Unity Coalition, in short, AAUC. AAUC stands for Diversity, Unity and Equality. Welcome to AAUC podcast. My name is Xiaoyan Zhang, Chair of the Public Relations Committee of Asian American Unity Coalition. Episode 2, Entrepreneurship, a Pathway to the American Dream. According to a 2019 report issued by the National Coalition for Asian Pacific American Community Development, AAPI entrepreneurs serve diverse AAPI communities encompassing over 40 different languages and cultural traditions. They are a vital part of the American economy. Many members of the AAPI community believe that entrepreneurship is a pathway to the American dream. They are dedicated, persistent, hardworking, enduring whatever hardship encountered. In today's episode, we will hear from two successful Asian American entrepreneurs, Dr. Karen Ang and Dr. S.K. Lowe, about their journey in achieving the American dream. In the midst of our current challenges, one thing is clear. The future will belong to those who can adapt and innovate. Hello, everyone. I'm Derek Uehara. For our first session, we are starting off with a bang. And in a minute, we'll be joined by Dr. Karen Eng. The format for today's session is really twofold. Number one, we want to learn about Dr. Eng's background and see how she has adapted during significant points in her career. And number two, we want to share a framework for our listeners so that you can perhaps apply this template on your own journey of adapting. And as AAPIs who like to take notes, this format might be a way to get that fulfilled. So Dr. Ng and I came up with four kind of main ideas that you can use to guide yourself going forward. Number one is to nurture yourself and your energy and your state of mind. And whether that involves your exercise routines, your diet, or meditation, everything starts with you. So make sure you nurture yourself and your own state of mind. Number two is to seek new ideas and visions. Uh, make no mistake, this COVID experience has changed the landscape. So there is change to deal with, but also change brings opportunity. So be sure to ask that question. What is the opportunity? And be willing to embrace the risk that comes with facing off with change. The third idea is to be sure to show up. And showing up means doing, attending, trying, and interacting. Pre-COVID, this might have meant attend, physically attending networking events or having lunches or breakfasts with people to, to meet new folks and, and to get new ideas. With the COVID restrictions now, Zoom is probably the best way that most of us are using. So make sure you participate. And a couple of points that come along with that, and this goes to our AAPI community, understand that it may not be perfect. Understand that you may feel uncomfortable, but do it anyway. Make sure you show up. And then the fourth idea is to understand that uh, if you come up with an idea or a vision, that alone is not sufficient. The key thing, and certainly during these times, is to execute. And if you can execute on your own, that's great. If uh, you may need help, 
be sure to reach out to friends and, and business partners who can help you. So these are kind of four guidelines you can use on your own journey. And now as we bring in Dr. Dr. Eng, um, you hear her story and can see how some of these principles uh, have been used with, with her travels. So at, that, at this point, let's bring in the doctor herself. Dr. Karen Eng is the president and CEO of CSMI, an engineering firm. Initially, she was an optometrist, but she surprised her family with her bold decision to switch careers and industries and take over the family business. Wow, high risk for an AAPI, right? But under her leadership, CSMI has become one of the top engineering consulting services firms in both domestic and foreign markets. Dr. Eng has used her professional success to support, promote, and mentor other women and minority business owners, particularly those in STEM-related industries. She's been involved with so many organizations, just to name a couple. She's a part of the Board of Trustees for the Illinois College of, of Optometry, and she's on the board for National ACE. So Dr. Eng, uh, it gives me great pleasure to welcome you. Thank you for joining us today. I totally appreciate being here. It's so great to be able to talk to other AAPI in the community, and so I'm looking forward to our discussion. Dr. Eng, we were speaking earlier, you told me about some of what you've been doing. Can you share that with our listeners? Because uh, listening to you, I said, man, you know, that, that was inspiring to me to hear that, and I'd uh, love to have that inspiration go to our listeners. Yes. So because I wasn't traveling so much, I was spending more time with my family. You start getting into these routines, and you start noticing things um, within your house to make your space <laughs> more comfortable. So things like... Um, cleaning that closet and decluttering and getting rid of doubles of whatever you have in your kitchen. Um, I was exercising regularly. I was eating regularly and I ended up losing weight. I didn't set out to do that, but just by eating regularly and watching what I was putting in my body and not going out to eat all the time, that was very helpful. And I, a lot of emails and things were going on and there was a, an app that said, come try us for a year and let us know what you think. And it was the Balance app, and I managed to go through all of their programming and uh, felt every day it became part of my routine to meditate about 15 minutes a day. Wonderful. Uh, the second thing we spoke about was uh, seeking out new ideas and a new vision. And you just shared one right there, right? You heard about this app called Balance, and you actually acted on that. But I wanted to get your comment. You know, we, when we talk about new ideas, it's change, right? And as a general rule, most of us as humans, that's not necessarily what, what we like. But just, you know, I think our listeners listening to you, they can tell you, you know, you charge straight ahead. Can you share some thoughts about how you look at change? And, and what can you tell folks who might be a little wary and honestly afraid when, when they think about change? Sure. First of all, there's a quote that says, doubt kills more dreams than failure. You kind of, you're, you're self-sabotaging yourself if you're just like, no, I can't do this. Or, you know, and I'm not one of those people. I'm like, sure, let's try it. And if it doesn't work, we know it doesn't work. Or we can, you know, kind of micro change and make little micro adjustments to make it work. So why can't you do it? What's the worst that can happen? Right. I think a lot of new ideas came because if you have this open mind for learning, I did a lot of listening to new podcasts and my old podcasts and acted on them. I spoke to 
a lot of my colleagues and I ask, what are you doing? Or, you know, do you have any suggestions for me and my business? And I spent a lot of time listening to what was out there. And, you know, even if you take one or two nuggets away, that's one or two nuggets you didn't have before. Yes. Um, third idea we, we um, kind of laid out in the framework is to show up. And that means to do, to attend, to try, etc. You've covered some of that already, Dr. Eng, but can you, in the context of using Zoom to show up, you've got some pretty strong feelings about how to maximize that experience. Can you share that with our listeners, please? Sure. First, my thing that really, I, I enjoy seeing everyone's face. I did a Zoom today. I said hi to every single person on there just because I hadn't seen them for quite some time. And yes, you do see people on Zoom and you kind of get Zoom fatigue, but uh, I'm always excited. And it's an opportunity to network. I was talking to you about how when we were first at home, I asked my husband if he wanted to do a happy hour every day with um, our friends. So I took a week and I would schedule out uh, a Zoom call with a couple or a family at five o'clock and the following week he got to pick the five people and we did it for two months straight and we learned a lot. We got to talk one-on-one with with another family versus sometimes you go out in groups or see them at parties and things like that. And I actually got my advice for PPP because I was struggling a little bit and I was having a, a Zoom happy hour and somebody helped me out on that. So to me, I think it, it was all good and it kept us engaged. And I will tell you too, no one declined an invitation. It, it can work out that you don't feel so lonely or tired or discouraged because you have people in your network. Well, you know, what's, what's becoming clear uh, to me and certainly if, if, for those listening, I mean, you're a fighter, Dr. Egg, and I, I love that. Mm-hmm. The fourth point we talked about here is, you know, you go through all these things, right? You nurture yourself, you seek out new ideas, you show up, you listen, you come up with an idea, you come up with a vision, but that alone is not enough, right? We all know you have to execute. So either you have to decide if you can do it or if, if you need partners to do it. Uh, Dr. Egg, can you share your insights on getting ideas and visions executed on? Yeah, I mean, it goes back to, you know, if you have an idea, and I know that I probably research things as much as I possibly can until such time I'm like, say, I think I can do this. You know, I I watch so many YouTube videos. I learned how to do all these things and maintenance things in my house by watching YouTube. (laughs) But, I mean, you actually generate the energy that you want, you know, whatever you want to attract, you have to bring the energy to you or, or be the energy. I think when you kind of put it out there, it just, the, the universe kind of speaks back to you and leads you in a certain direction or you, you pay attention more to something that you're listening to at a podcast or watching on TV or reading. But I think that you just have to go for it. Like I said, what's the worst that can happen? Most of us are high performing anyway, so we're going to figure it out. So we're going to uh, wrap it up right now with, uh, you know, kind of three main sections. Number one, we gave you, our listeners, kind of a four-point format with which to look at adapting. Number one, nurture yourself and your state of mind. Number two, seek out new ideas and, and visions. Number three is show up, right? Do, attend, try. And number four, understand that execution is key. Dr. Eng shared part of her journey. A couple of points. Number one, she knew what she wanted. Uh, Number two, she was willing to learn. She was not an engineer. 
but she came in and, and offered what she did have. Number three, she spoke about the importance of thinking long term. And number four, she spoke about the value of pivoting. Right? You know, the environment changes. You have an opportunity, right? You can pivot, find a way to add value. And, and we heard about the difference that it's made. Uh, Dr. Eng, how about you? Can you summarize you know, your ideas, your thoughts to our listeners about how to adapt during these challenging times? For sure. So my personal responsibilities here are a lot on the business development and strategy side. And with business development and sales and marketing, I did a lot of traveling. So I probably traveled 65 to 70% of the time. Um, with COVID and the restrictions and we had shelter in place here in Illinois, that just stopped. Um, so I had to learn how to handle business without traveling, mm -hmm. which was just a, a small pivot. Um, nobody else was traveling either. So it was easier to access them and just to check in with them. And, you know, work ceased. Um, our projects that we were about to implement were put on hold, but their facilities still needed to run. So I was listening and as I was calling them to ask how they were doing, seeing what they were working on, you can listen to your clients and you could hear what they're having issues with or what their struggles are or how they're working harder. And then we worked to help alleviate some of that so that they could sleep better at night or we could help them unshoulder the burden of what their responsibilities were. And that was not exactly what we were doing pre-COVID, but mm. it actually was along the same vein of engineering. So we changed our business structure quite a bit to help support our clients. Second thing that we did was we also, uh, I kept in really close contact with our suppliers just to make sure they were okay as well. And purely, purely concerned about you know, how they're doing. I wasn't concerned about paying the bills or anything like that, or I need work. It was, hey, how are you handling this? What can we do from our end to help you out? Um, and lo and behold, some of our suppliers were having supply chain problems or whatever, maintenance issues or things like that. And our suppliers became our partners and then became our clients. So that kind of pivoted a bit too. So, you know, have to treat everybody pretty equally, right? Across the board, doesn't matter who they are, everybody needs help or support. I think that those who are doing well in this environment are not looking at short-term solutions. Like, uh, I think there was this huge rush for toilet paper and masks, mm -hmm. and people are like, oh, I'm going to go find resources and resell them and mark it up. You know, that that's so short-lived. And I don't think that a person who wants to start a business to sell toilet paper grew up thinking that that, you know, is, is really thinking it all the way through. Once um, production starts going back up for the rest, you know, from everybody and they all acclimate to the changes that are going on. But I, I do think that you really do have to listen to what's going on in your environment. I completely understand that it's a, it's just a tough time, but I believe uh, you set your mindset. And so being positive and giving yourself reasons to, to do things and motivate yourself um, and sticking with it is kind of a way to keep everybody sane and the people around you can see that too. I think, you know, one of my things 
in life is always to have fun. And I want to be around people I like and that I trust. So I'm open to trying new things versus staying in my same group of like, you know, mm-hmm. my, my pod or my cluster of friends. I'm, I'm into trying new things. I'm into trying new restaurants or new foods. I'm into listening to people that don't think the same way as I do or didn't grow up the same way as I did. So I think that all helps promote the robustness of you when you're able to open your mind and listen and be willing to to try new things. Right now we're in what, February 2021, you know, what, uh, how, what's the status of your business right now and, and going forward for the rest of the year? What's the outlook? We are doing very, very well. And it's in part by pivoting. It's in part by making sure we were um, always in communication, like I said, with all of our stakeholders, which are clients, which are suppliers, which are the employees, um, and everybody that we work with in in our business, um, and taking a very human approach to to what they needed and accommodating and making like little micro changes. I mean, there's nothing hugely different about our organization. We just do business a little bit differently and, you know, with some of the safety measures in place. But again, I was, I was ready, ready to pivot. I mean, that's, that, that was really where we were going um, with the organization. Um, but we are back in, we are back up and, and, and full, full run. We only had a one and a half month break um, when things were slower mm-hmm. and that was like in March and of March and April. Um, but yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Eng. Thank you, Derek. That's a very insightful interview with Dr. Karen Ang. After listening to Dr. Ang's story on her entrepreneur journey, I came to reflect on my own. I'm SK Law, president of AAUC. Growing up in a traditional Chinese family of eight children with six boys and two girls, my experience had been academic was not as valued as trade and female was not as valued as male. If I hadn't had a full scholarship, I would never have been able to come to the U.S. to study mathematics and physics after high school. My family has generations of traders and business owners. In Hong Kong, Trade is highly desired. Shops permeate everywhere from city centers to the residential areas. The literal meaning of business in Chinese means living ideas. It's something that needs to be innovated continuously to keep it alive. After years of study, I got my PhD in theoretical physics in the US and returned to Hong Kong since I held a J-1 visa. I worked in my father's printing factory for six months before I continued my academic research as a postdoc fellow at the University of Tokyo Applied Physics Department. Then I returned to the US as a permanent residence and worked for Honeywell Inc. on US national defense research. I also completed my MBA and raised my family during that time. After I left Honeywell, I started an after-school Kumon Math and Reading Center, initially as a pastime and community service in addition to my consulting business. 
But when it became so successful, it took over my life. From that point, I became an entrepreneur and a business owner. I soon realized the shortcoming of the franchise system, and co-founded the first ever national franchisee organization, with the pro bono help of a well-known, well-respected franchisee lawyer in Minneapolis. The franchisee organization hosted annual conferences to educate franchisee on the business aspect of running their franchise units. We also presented our business study in the regular Kumon conferences, supported by our franchisor. In addition, as the president of the franchisee organization, I was able to change the business model for Kumon to win variable pricing for franchisees in North America to operate a more profitable business. As a result, everyone wins. My two franchise units. Were two of the most successful units in the whole franchise system in North America. I want to share my story not because I like to brag about my success and how I achieved my American dream with fifty dollars in my pocket when I landed in this country, and made it to the top one percent income group today. I feel deeply that one individual success is not enough to build our collective American dream. We would be embarrassed. If not ashamed, that our API community has the widest income gap, we should have a mission to collectively lift our bottom ten percent from the ten to twelve thousand dollar per year income to narrow the income gap in our community. We should study and understand the problem facing our bottom ten percent population, and find solutions and extend our hands to lift those living in poverty. My understanding is social mobility builds on education, good health, hard work, opportunity, adaptability, entrepreneurship. Wealth builds on home ownership, other wealth generating instruments, and transfer of wealth from generation to generation. Let's work on moving our society towards equitable education. Affordable healthcare networks provide plenty of opportunities for job mobility, promote equal opportunity for home ownership, etc., so we can all prosper together. So I want to thank everyone for joining. Again, I'm Derek Uehara. You've been listening to the Asian American Unity Coalition's new podcast series, "Building Our Collective American Dream." Finally, I would like to thank the organization members and individual lifetime members of AAUC for their support of this podcast. For more information about Asian American Unity Coalition or AAUC, please go to our website at asamunitycoalition dot org, spelled as asamunitycoalition dot org. Thank you for listening, and I hope you will also tune in to our March podcast on racial profiling.